Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. I've got a, um, what I hope will be an interesting conversation because um, I've got uh, three good friends with me. And we're talking about, um, I think, all things related to work, employment, advancement, um, using your career uh, for something great. And, uh, and since I've done most of my work in the nonprofit world, which uh, would be a whole separate <laughs> episode, um, I kind of wanted to some guys uh, who've been in uh, the for-profit world uh, and just kind of talk to them. Um, and so um, I, I asked three guys that are tremendously accomplished um, and uh, it's a it's a very handsome group of guys. I, I wish we were on video because it's a great great group of looking guys. But uh, um, I'll introduce you and then um, just kind of give us a little brief background, right, on just kind of your work experience. And so Tyler Reeves, Will May, Ty Robinson, uh, we'll go from oldest. Oh, that's it's, wisest that, too. That hurts. Please. I, wisest. Let the record show. I do well, have feelings, here, but, I, but I started with myself, who is the oldest. The oldest. That's so true. second oldest, Tyler Reeves. Um, just a, a brief like synopsis on your work background. Oh, Tyler Reeves. Uh, you know, started as a CPA and moved over to merger and acquisition work. Eventually, uh, moved from the dark side or to the dark side, depending on what your love is, to marketing. And, you know, ran the Cheetos brand and the Fritos brand and all the different O's brands at different times. Yep. And then eventually at uh, Interstate Batteries, used to lead marketing and sales for Interstate Batteries, a faith-based company, which was an outstanding time, was there for about 10 years, and then now currently an executive at Caliber. Very good. So, Will, Will May? That's right. Thanks, Dan. Will May, I'm, uh, I'm based here in North Texas, and I right now am the chief revenue officer at a company called ClickUp. It's a pre-IPO, fast-growing company that's pretty young. So I lead all of what's called the go-to-market sales teams, sales engineers, sales operations, sales enablement, customer success. So my, my history is in B2B tech companies and leading and, and running sales organizations. And yeah, feel excited for this conversation today. Awesome. And then Ty Robinson. Thank you, Dan. Great to be back yeah. on campus. Uh, my background's in commercial real estate. I've been doing it for about... Uh, 10 or 11 years now and uh, been on brokerage, you know, landlord rep, consulting, any type of uh, third-party advisory services, I've, I've done it. And right now, my specialty is in valuation for institutional investors, um, as well as the debt piece on multifamily, um, ground-up construction, new acquisitions, um, existing value-add product. And and love it, keeping busy right now. So, Good. Yeah. All right, so we've got a pretty uh, wide variety mm-hmm. of uh, backgrounds and professions. Um, I wanted to start the, the first one with just kind of the, what I considered like the interview. Um, how do you get the job that you want? Um, how do you um, look for maybe you know in your thought process? And it may be you know we're talking first job. We might be talking your eighth job. I don't care. Um, but what are kind of things that you know you might want to as a person as a young man be looking for? How do I use the skills and abilities that God's given me? Um, but then, um, 
just to, you know that that interview right as you're putting your name out there your resume out there you're connecting with people um, and you sit down and kind of have that conversation how do you sell yourself well so that you fit you find yourself at a place where you fit in really well any got anybody got any thoughts about that kind of concept hmm. yeah I can bat lead off so I, I would just say as a as a good baseline to remember and I think maybe you guys would agree with this great companies always want to hire great people. So even if there's no direct wreck or role or mm-hmm. thing you can fly online, it's always healthy to be networking and getting to know great companies and be aspiring to be a great person. There's a lot of tactical things of places you can go look for jobs, right? Indeed.com, LinkedIn, you can be doing your networking there. But I think it's important to have that mindset because sometimes the perfect role isn't screaming off the page or off of a company's website. But if you start getting to know a company, then they'll maybe start thinking more about what you could do for them. So that, that would be my um, initial advice. And then I think, um, yeah, I know we're going to talk in a bit about actually how to run an interview or how to participate in an interview, what you'd look for. But I'll just start with that mindset of eventually, if you're a great person, a great company will find you or you'll find them. I, I love this. Is, I'll build upon that. I think the even the right company, wrong role could make sense, mm-hmm. right? I think that's mm-hmm. something that I've learned over the years. If you want someplace that's a cultural fit where you're working around people you enjoy being around um, and it allows you to just be your full self. You always hear you want to – companies want your whole self to be at work. So yeah. finding a, a culture that's, that does that. Um, from a first job standpoint, I think it's real important to have a, a good company that's known that has – a career path. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, I would take a lower level job at a PepsiCo versus a higher level job with some company that I'd never heard of. Okay. Just because that has a training and honestly, the network that you build in there and where they mm-hmm. wind up 10 years from now, it just builds and you see this exponential impact over time when that occurs. I don't think that's important in later jobs, but I think your first job, that, that was always something that I saw to be really helpful and allowed people to get a good foot, footing. And then with that, what was real important to me was looking at what's the who are the peers? Yeah. Are the people that are going to challenge me, people I like being around, um, people that are going to stretch me in new ways? That was something that was really, really powerful to look at. Okay. So do um, – because Parker's about to graduate, so we, I can think of him in my mind. Um, and some of the advice that people have been giving him, right, is look for that great company because if you spend a couple of years there – um, the experience you're going to learn and the way that they train you is going to be so valuable no matter where you go. And so Agreed. you'd say great company, great people to work around, may not be the perfect job for you, but you're going to walk away with some really great tools. Yeah, and then let me let me clear – step back even further or, or double-click. I think it can be a good company that's known and known for training people. I don't think it has to be the best company. Okay, okay. And, and yeah. the example I have is I had – when I was going out in county, I had opportunity at the best – you know, CPA firm or top six firm at the time, I actually zagged and moved to a smaller one just because I liked the culture better and liked the Mm -hmm. partners. They were all well-known. They all have this really powerful training capability and and alumni network. So it's, to me, there's a threshold of, hey, you want want something known that can invest in you, that has good people working there. You don't necessarily have to everyone go work at X company because that's known as the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I think regardless of stage of career, there's some things that are consistent that would make your job decision much easier. I.e., is the company growing versus are they slowing? Mm, it's like the point. difference between running uphill versus running downhill, right? If the company's growing 50% every year, then probably the next year there's going to be 50% more jobs, more leadership opportunities, more promotion opportunities. So I'd look for that stability and that mindset of growth. I think looking for that culture fit where you feel like you resonate with 
<clears throat> either the core values of the senior leaders themselves or the core values that are documented for the company. Mm-hmm. But I think especially early on, you either need to work for somebody who you immensely respect who's going to have the time to invest in you. Okay. And sometimes that sounds like that's going to happen, and it doesn't because that person's incredibly busy. Yeah. Or there's a lot of safety in going to a company that has a proven model where people go into that company and they grow through you know their system that they've proved over the years. So I, I would also <laughs> echo, at least in, in my career, that was what I did. I went to a, a bigger company that actually was probably my second company that I really thought was the – the best, but I liked it because I thought I was going to grow faster and get exposed to more opportunities, have a bigger network, and then I went smaller after yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah, again, it's like playing at Duke. Right? Yes, <laughs> you go, you go for the model, you go for the coach. That's right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think even to your to your question about this kind of side tangent about advice that people are give or advice that's being given to to Parker, your mm-hmm. oldest, and something that I wish that somebody told me either entering into college or graduating was even more from an existential standpoint, like, what do I want to do? Who am I? How has God created me? What are my ultimate goals? And then ultimately using that to navigate the decision-making process. Because yeah, in the end, point. if you weren't, if you're jumping in, that, that, that kind of has to be the framework of your decision-making. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't understand it and you haven't thought deeply about what you're trying to accomplish you know, professionally, you could end up making a, a, a decision that you find is, that's a bad decision or a wrong decision. Um, and so when you're trying to identify the, the, the company or the, the, the leadership, the place you want to surround yourself, you can find better alignment and then understand the trade-off within either that organization or the route. Kind of like the example you gave is like you know, there's some upside to being at a Pepsi because of what you're surrounded to and your exposure to, but there might be a trade-off on income. Mm-hmm. And if you value X, Y, and Z, you value you know, experience over income, that's a great fit. And kind of using that as kind of a metrics to, to, to help guide your decision-making. I like that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. What about, so <clears throat> you guys have probably both interviewed a number of different people before. Uh, what would you say about the way that people prepare for interviews and like any advice you would have going into that conversation, things you would expect, maybe like, I, do they dress professional? Do they have a resume? <laughs> yeah, we probably have some horror stories, but anything that comes to mind on that, that front? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always impressed with candidates that come in and, and you can tell they, they know what they want to communicate even before I start asking them questions. And so they'll find a way to uh, share who they are mm-hmm. and the value they can deliver. And so they've, they've prepared because they, they know what they want to communicate. And they also seem to have a good grasp of uh, what they're trying to learn to see if it's a good fit for them okay. within the culture and the company. So mm-hmm. it's – and you can just – I don't know. You can yes. feel that they've done some preparation yes. ahead of time that they're thinking about, hey, what, what do I need to display about myself and what do I need to learn to be able to make good decisions from a career and from a job standpoint? So that's yeah. one of the early things you see really quick. One of the horror stories is one piece <laughs> of advice, like applicable advice, like understand what the job description is. Yes. There was a guy that I met with, and he had no idea what he was interviewing for and didn't even understand the basic fundamentals of what we did. And I knew very quickly, he was like, I need to get a job. Sounds good. 
application yes. and shows up and like, wait, what do y'all do here? Like, it's commercial estate. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that was a, an instant red flag. So that's just something basic. Understand what you're signing up for or, or, in, or looking into. Yeah, yeah. I always love it to, to what both of you said. If somebody doesn't know who you are, you know, it's so easy today to at least figure out something probably about the person that you're going to meet with. So if they don't know anything about you, anything about the job, or anything about the company, mm. you know, if somebody asks who's your biggest competitor, okay, that, that's that's I like that you're asking a question, but ask a question that maybe would be a little bit harder to figure out versus you could go Google and find out my biggest competitor is why, and then say how are you different from that competitor? I know that go. they're a competitor. Yeah. So yeah. there's some ways yeah. that you can use that, but just I think you want to show that preparation mm-hmm. before an interview, and then I, I would just encourage you to make sure that even if it's a casual company. You still dress professional for the interview. Okay, so what's that mean in today's culture? Just to get real practical. Yep. Right? Um, pa- power suit with no socks. Is that what we agree? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I kind of like the stepbrothers' tuxedos. They show up <laughs> in the interview it's in really tuxedos. Really <laughs> yeah, a kilt is probably out of the question. Yeah. I think you um, just want to be one level up from the type of person that you're meeting with. So okay. what I mean by that, if it's a culture that wears shorts and flip-flops, you should at least wear a collared shirt. Okay. I think if it's a company that, you know, is a little bit more casual, but they usually dress professionally, you should wear a suit and potentially a tie. Right. It's pretty safe, I think, in today's world that you should have a sport coat, at least. I don't think a tie is necessary for most interviews anymore, but um, I think that you should generally lean towards being more professional than less. You don't want there to ever be a situation where you interview with somebody and they're dressed more professionally than you. That, yeah. would, that would be the advice. Okay. I, I fully agree. And I, I kind of had the same thing. As you ask the question, it's like, hey, I want to be slightly better mm-hmm. than the team you're interviewing with. And you mm-hmm. can ask. Mm-hmm. Like you, can, you can ask the person setting up the sure. meeting, whether it's an admin, say, hey, what, you know, what's appropriate attire okay. uh, look like? And you can get a feel for that. And then I would go one, one notch above that. Gotcha. I yep. think that's a great rule of thumb. Can I give you my number one question that you should ask in any interview? Ready. This is great. So <clears throat> I've had the chance to interview a lot of people. And at some point, the, the, the table shifts from the person asking the questions who is interviewing the candidate right. towards giving the candidate the chance. There's an inflection point. Yep. And as a candidate, you want to ask intelligent questions. Yes. I'll just say, if you, if you only ask one question, that's probably not enough. You need to have multiple questions prepared to ask. Yeah, but I always customize for each person that absolutely. you're meeting with. Yeah. Absolutely. I always love the question. This works every time. So if if uh, Dan's interviewing me and says, Will, thanks for thanks for your overview. Do you have any questions? And I would say, Dan, I have a lot of questions that I've prepared, but I want to make sure before I move to those questions, do you have any other questions that you would want to make sure that I'm the right candidate? Like, are you at a point where you're comfortable? That's good. And that's very, like, salesy. I get that. So there's a way you can frame that. But it signals that you're emotionally intelligent enough to realize that this person is the person who is making the decision about you. And so you may have a ton of questions that you want to go verify, but until that person really thinks or is interested in you as a person and a candidate, you don't have as much leverage as you think. Mm -hmm. Now, the job market's been pretty strong for a while. Things are changing a little bit. Yeah. But I just think you signal (laughs) such wisdom if you say – your time is more valuable than mine. I, I have a lot of questions, but I really want to make sure. Do you feel comfortable at this point? Good. You don't have to hire me on the spot, but do you feel comfortable from yeah. what we've talked about? Yeah. And I say, yeah, no, I have this. So, so important to do that. And every candidate that does that to me, I just say, this kid gets it. This person yeah. gets yeah. it. This girl yeah. knows yeah. what she's mm-hmm. doing. And he communicates, like you said, that they're self, self-aware, self-aware. Right, of what's going yeah. on. And then from a 
question. I mean, there's kind of common themes that you'll see over and over and over again. And that, okay. from my very first job to you know my most recent job, I'd say, tell me about yourself, right? Yeah, and so yeah. have prepared you know four or five bullet points mm-hmm. that kind of walks through personally and professionally who you are, what makes you unique, and the value you know you've been able to deliver. How, how hard do you sell yourself? Can I, I mean, just is it? Is it okay to talk about some personal things, or are we just strictly talking professional things? I, me personally, I I I can't separate the two. Okay, and I think especially even as a as a believer and a Christian, it's hard to compartmentalize those components. So okay. I, I think First I would, I you know, if I was to if it's a pie chart, I'd say hey, I'd probably want seventy percent you know business professional and thirty percent that's a that's personal. So I, I wouldn't be a 50-50, but I think gotcha. it's appropriate to have both of them. Gotcha. And I don't know, what do y'all think as you have interviews that people talk? Yeah, I think personally. there's definitely a balance in terms of personal and professional, but also when it comes to selling yourself, because mm-hmm. you can come in there and present yourself in a way that's overconfident yep. and in a way that you're like, hey, I'm here to actually become the CEO. Yeah. It's like, that's <laughs> the opposite yeah. of what you're wanting to do. Yeah. However, you, you got to go in there and sell yourself. Yeah. And I think an underrated underrated way to uh, sell yourself is um, is building a connection with, with mm-hmm. the person. So mm-hmm. you think about, okay, if, if you're walking into an interview, the interviewer wants to know, are they competent? Sure. Can you work together? Are you likable? Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you take initiative? Those are kind of the, the framework of the way that they're thinking. And so if you're thinking this way, uh, most people like to talk more than they do listen. Amen. So if you're being interviewed – let them talk. I think there's a uh, an unrealistic expectation for you to go in there and talk the entire time. Right. Yeah. And I've yeah. kind of heard a rule of thumb. is like you really want to be talking probably 20 to 30% of the time and let the interviewer talk the majority of the time. Really? And you, know, you think of – I think like there's a little trick. If you're talking to a superior, there's, everybody loves talking about themselves. So uh, one way to connect is by asking questions about them to let them tell them your story. And next thing you know it, they're blabbing about their success and how they grew up, you know, living in a car and like, I really like talking with Dan, you know, and that, that's just one way is by being a listener. That's just something that's underrated. Yeah. yeah. Every, every person I think has a slightly different style that they interview people with. But in general, I would say it's very safe to just have that emotional intelligence again or self-awareness that we said earlier, Tyler, of making sure that you're not talking too much or yep. talking too little. Yep. Yeah. And you know, if somebody asks you a question, you should probably have a 15 second to two minute answer for any question that gets asked. So right. if somebody wants to know my story, I could say, I studied sales in college. I've been in B2B tech sales now for, you know, 12, 13 years. And I've moved from a rep to a leader to a senior leader at that company. Yeah. Versus I could say, well, you know, I actually studied at this university. Here was what I learned from that. Here's yeah. my first job. And just having that. But some some cultures, I don't know, you know, the global listeners of T4M <laughs> over here, but some cultures are very adverse to talking about their personal lives outside of work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like the Japanese culture, for example, I've hired a lot of people in Japan and it takes a while to get to that level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I would just I say. That's a good point. Be, yeah, co- be cognizant that some might not want to go there, but. One person that interviewed me recently, they wanted to talk about my childhood for probably 30% of the interview because really? they really want to understand, does this person have a, a history of overcoming tough things in their hmm. life? Okay. Yeah. And that, that they haven't sense. been given everything in their life. And gotcha. we talked about adversity from multiple stages and serially being successful. So yeah. know, know who's asking the questions. Yeah. 
And, and you'll see questions about, tell me about yourself, you know, tell me about an accomplishment. So it's less mm-hmm. about yes. what you did and more about how you did it and mm-hmm. how you worked with others mm-hmm. and, and how you managed through setbacks, what you learned from that, what you would do differently. And I, I don't, I think there's a, you, you want to be very, you know, real and authentic. So you don't want to just, I don't want to answer the question with, oh, what if Dan's asking me a question, oh, what, what does Dan want to hear? I need yeah. to be very authentic mm-hmm. and go through that. And then you'll see, you know, how do you influence people? How, what's your passion and drive, right? It's all those things show up again and again in any interview. And there people are asking different questions to tap into. Do they have a drive for the results? Can they take others with them? And do they do things the right way? Right, always kind of boils down right. to some some variation of those three things. They're trying to tap into that and understand that. It seems like yeah. And I'll also say maybe to transition to after the interview. Okay. If you're interviewing with folks that are pretty senior that interview a lot of people, you you all may agree with this, but the interview is more of just a, a dance at that point, and there's not really anything that you say or do in that that's wonderfully marginally different. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more about how you follow up and how you follow through on what, what you discussed. So, for example, if, if you – as a best practice, anytime that you have an email with somebody, that same day, you should probably send them a text or an email that says, thanks for the discussion. Here's what we discussed. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next steps, right? Gotcha. Yep. But if there was something specific that came up in that conversation, I, I think it would be really helpful for you to go meet with this person. You could even just take initiative in on that and say, hey, I'm planning on reaching out to this person yep. based off our conversation. People that do that and just instinctively help drive the process, if they follow up and follow through, I feel that the interview is so much less relevant. It becomes like what they do before and what they do after. That's yeah. actually a bigger yeah. and you, barometer. Will makes a great point. You'd be surprised. Most people will follow up, but you'd be surprised how few follow up in a customized way where yes. I could tell mm-hmm. that they were listening or, more importantly, follow up. If we, we talked about, oh, a good book that I read. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, order the book. Like. Yes. There's maybe it's five percent of candidates really? do that, and so it really Absolutely. stands out it's when remarkable. they when well, they okay, show that now, they listened and then they follow up. Now, on now those speaking things. of that, do I go to the interview with like a, a, a like a notepad type thing, mm-hmm. or, I think or, that's or do fine. I just kind of like you know I got my phone? No, makes, you need makes to it, you need to be able to take notes. Yeah, because it looks like I'm playing a game on my phone instead of taking notes. So you can go and kind of write down, jot down a quick note, or as soon as you leave, yeah, kind of. Jot down your thoughts. Yeah, because what, what I take or what I've seen people take is you come in with like leather bound yeah. booklet of some type, but yeah. you also have your resume in it. Because yeah. let's say you, I'd bring four or five resumes in case you have unexpected yeah. uh, meetings after that. Yeah. So let's say you end up meeting with three or four people unexpedly. You want to hey, be by the way, yeah. I, got, I got my resume. Gotcha. Here you go. Yeah. Take notes while you, while you do it. But one thing you made a comment about the, the importance of authenticity and you know, in college, they prepare you for interviews. Mm-hmm. They give you the formula, mm-hmm. but it's really not a formula. There's not like this cookie cutter response. Sure. There needs to be a tailored, personalized uh, response and answer, and it's so much more organic. And that comes with the preparation to it because you know I've met with guys that it's just it's as if they're they went on to Google and you know have the sure the answers the, yeah, yeah answer. the, the, the standard questions that that aren't you know that that are far too simple, or the the standard response is like, oh, this is there's no there's no real connection here. I, right. I I'm not walking away from this understanding who you are as a as the one being interviewed because there's no personal touch. Yeah, yeah that's why that's why up front it's like I you want to answer the question, but more importantly you want to communicate what you want to communicate and let them get to know you and understand you. So it's answering a question is a peak or a means to get to that end. Yeah. So find a way to. Yeah. 
to do that. Yeah, you have to find the balance, right, between you want to build rapport like you talked about earlier, Ty. You want to be authentic and not somebody who you're not. But then, you know, if you're 30 minutes into the conversation and there hasn't been any professional focus, it's appropriate for you to say, well, hey, I, I want to make sure that we get you know, and you may mm-hmm. have to. It's to a good use of your time. Yes, yeah, exactly. Make, yeah, yeah. I want to be respectful of your time. Pretty important. So, yeah, yeah. Any any uh, complete fails that somebody's done in an interview that you'd say uh, don't do this? <laughs> it's not a it's not a complete fail. But we, you mentioned the phone earlier. I, I, I would not have your phone on the desk or out like, whenever what, you're interviewing. I mean, what if my wife calls? Like I, you know. Yeah, <laughs> vibrate, vibrate only and no there's emergencies. I got, I, I got to take this. Yeah, obviously, obviously, yeah. if your phone's blowing up, then you should yeah. take it. But you, you shouldn't be looking down at your phone gotcha. during a conversation. Gotcha. Uh, that's probably one thing. And then there are people who come in and think that their time is more important than yours, yes. and they start asking questions straight away. Yeah. Versus what I said earlier, yep. making yep. sure that the that's interviewer. So that that those have probably been the two biggest faux pas. There's been. There's definitely been some that people have not been dressed professionally. Sure. Uh, there was one one time, I'll spare you the details, but somebody was dressed very inappropriately, <laughs> and um, they actually had to get walked out of the building. Oh wow! Yes. Oh, okay. okay. So we've had some we've had some crazy stories. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for that for the for the post show. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, you know, you see the things I think of are people. You know, late. Uh, they don't match. From a dress standpoint, seems fine. They don't take notes. They walk yeah. in just kind of with yeah. – now, they just communicate. Is this mm-hmm. guy literally off the street and just yeah. talking with me or is there – does he or she want this job? And so do yeah. they convey that with how they show how up? How communicate that? Speaking yeah. of show, showing up late real quick, uh, you want to be early, but you also don't want to be too early. Yeah, okay. There's one time <laughs> yeah. that somebody came to our office and it was a small office at the time yeah. and they got there an hour and a half early. Yeah. And then it's, it's like, what do we do what with do we this do person? Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of calls that I'm doing yeah. in the next hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the most basic things, and it's a simple idea, is just don't lie. Like, it's one of those things that you would think this is a simple <laughs> that, Yeah, that would thing. be pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't create a resume truth, that truth. is untrue don't, don't, yep. and don't come in here yep. and say things that you have not ever done before yeah. because they will do the oh, – because that's happened to us. We've yeah. brought something like – follow up, you're like – this isn't this isn't true. You uh, you wrote this and yeah. we didn't follow up with the the candidate. We're like you lied and yeah, especially it's if they mention names or people like we yeah. do a lot of. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, a lot of okay. calling and talking and hey, I noticed you're you know you went to school with such and such. You know what it, you, you just you use your network to try mm-hmm. to understand. Yeah. It's too risky to not hire good people. Like yeah. you, you waste so much time mm. with the wrong person and such the ripple effect of that person to your culture and your team is so great that you just don't, you don't want to go through that. Yeah. All right. Well, that was good. We're going to do a couple episodes. So the first one was just how do you get in the door? How do you start? How do you find the right place? How do you present yourself well? So uh, we'll get ready for the second episode. So appreciate you guys time. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. Thank you for listening to training for manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com that's training the number four manhood.com until next time in the words of king david be strong and show yourself a man